Welcome to the next edition of Fixed Interest, where we are going to be discussing sovereign trends in Central America. My name is Shali Shari, and I'm the co-head of the Americas. I'm happy to be joined by Carlos Morales, director in our sovereign team, who covers many countries in Central America. Several of the Central American countries are on negative outlook, including Costa Rica, Guatemala, and Nicaragua, while Salvador's ratings is low at B-. The only country which stands out for solid growth performance is Panama. Moreover, political polarization, governability risks, high crime rates, corruption, and deteriorating picture on relations with the U.S. related to immigration policies provide a quite a challenging backdrop for this region. So, Carlos, turning to you, can you bring us to speed on the recent rating actions we've taken on countries in Central America? And as a follow-up, are there any common themes or country-specific factors that are behind these negative rating actions? Thanks, Shelley. We are seeing risk tilted to the downside in Central America. As you mentioned, three out of five rating countries have a negative outlook. Common themes include fiscal and financing constraints and ongoing political polarization. We affirm El Salvador at B- with a stable outlook. The recent defaults continue to weigh on the rating and uncertainty regarding budget and financing approvals underpin the rating. We also downgraded Nicaragua to B- with a negative outlook, reflecting ongoing economic contraction growing social security deficits, and risks around domestic and external financing, this amid a volatile political environment. We downgraded Costa Rica two notches to beam loss with a negative outlook. A backloaded implementation of the recently approved fiscal reform will likely lead to high deficits in the short term. Uncertainty around external financing continues despite the recently approved external bond issuance. We affirm Guatemala rating at double B and assign a negative outlook to reflect the declining trend in government revenues, a narrow tax base, and limited fiscal flexibility. Lastly, we affirm Panama rating at triple B, the only investment grade rating in the region, with a stable outlook to signal a balance of risk between a dynamic economy and shortcomings in the fiscal position. So let's delve a little bit deeper into fiscal issues in Central America. It appears that debt to GDP is low. The debt increases so far have not been explosive. So given that backdrop, what are the main concerns you have regarding fiscal and financing profile of sovereigns in this region? One of the key weaknesses in the region, and this is widespread for all the countries, are low government revenues. High level informality, tax evasion, and shortcomings in the tax authority have affected tax collection. Even Panama shares this characteristic, as economic growth seems disconnected from government revenue trends. So, even though debt burden as a percentage of GDP is not high relative to peers, high interest payments as percentage of revenues, and also debt as percentage of government revenues signal limited fiscal space for each of the countries. Also, the expenditure profile, with the exception of Panama, tends to be highly rigid, with low capital expenditures and significant earmark expenditure items, making it more constrained expenditure profile in, on each of the countries. And finally, the countries tend to have a tight financing profile with shallow domestic market. This is more so the case in Costa Rica and El Salvador, which require two-thirds supermajority in Congress for any external debt which constrains the capacity of the country to finance its budget deficit amid ongoing political polarization. So moving from fiscal to other institutional weaknesses that we also see in the region, uh, just as I mentioned earlier about high crime rates, corruption, governance issues, polarization, how are these factors influencing the rating profile of these countries? 
Uh, weak institutions are definitely a key constraint within the region, particularly El Salvador, Guatemala, and Nicaragua, whose governance indicators are relatively low. This weakness is already captured in our ratings with relatively low ratings, but further downward pressure could come from economic and fiscal disruptions as a result of weak rule of law and control of corruption. An outlier in the region is Costa Rica, for example, with stronger than uh, peers uh, governance indicators. However, these are not reflecting the political polarization that has prevented timely approval of a fiscal reform for a number of years and continues to weigh on certainty on the external financing authorization, despite that the Congress just approved external bond issuance for this year. In terms of reform momentum, we expect limited positive momentums that could improve institutional strength at this point in time. Evidence of this was the recent decision in Guatemala not to renovate the CICIG. Uh, the CICIG is a UN entity which mandated was to combat corruption and impunity in Guatemala. Now, moving on to violence and crime, coupled with narrow economic opportunities, has led to a flow of Im immigration towards the U.S. This, in turn, has made remittances an important source of funding, both for private domestic consumption and also the large trade deficits, especially in the Northern Triangle, more importantly, uh, Guatemala and El Salvador. Recent U.S. restrictive policy towards immigration led to a spike of remittances inflow in the past couple of years. Also, strong data for Hispanic employment and wages continue to boost remittances flows. However, our expected slowdown of U.S. economic growth in the coming years and also restriction on, of migrants going into the U.S., could pose a risk on remittances in the medium to long term. Maybe let's talk a little bit more about growth in the region. What are the factors that are really holding back a better growth performance in the region, especially when you look at it against the backdrop of still very supportive external demand conditions coming from the U.S.? We are seeing different factors that constrain growth within the region. In the case of El Salvador, Nicaragua, and Guatemala, Weak infrastructure quality has led to low productivity and continues to affect economic prospects. Particularly in Guatemala and El Salvador, high violence incidents increases the cost of doing business. For the case of Costa Rica, we've seen a track record of stable growth. However, crowding effects given the fiscal situation and low business and consumer confidence has started to affect economic activity. As such, we expect growth slowdown through this year and next. Finally, in the case of Panama, we've seen a completely different picture. Panama has shown sustained economic growth above its rating and regional peers over the past decade. We are seeing some deceleration based on cycle, but we expect that growth will remain well above regional growth levels. Infrastructure investment and a large mining project will likely drive growth in the medium term. And finally, given the political situation in each country, we do not expect economic reforms that could significantly boost growth in the region at this moment. Finally, moving to politics and the policy environment, do you see policy risks emerging in any of the countries that have recently held presidential elections, for example, Panama and El Salvador? We expect broad policy continuity, which is positive to Panama's macroeconomic framework, but could be negative in the case of El Salvador and Guatemala, which could lead to reform stagnation and political paralysis. In El Salvador, Nayib Bukele will have to rely on political capital to form governability given that his party has only 11 of the 84 member seats in Congress. 
He currently has a very high approval rating, but his ability to negotiate with Congress will prove vital for votes that require a two-thirds majority, such as external debt authorization and approval of loans for budget financing. In the case of Guatemala, we expect weak control of corruption and government effectiveness to continue, and lack of fiscal reform appetite will continue to hinder government revenues and economic development. Finally, Panama's election resulted in strong governability for the incoming administration. This new administration is pushing to improve government effectiveness and a new constitutional reform that could improve the judiciary and tackle impunity. The president has also recently announced that they will try to diminish the fiscal deficit over the incoming administration. Thanks a lot, Carlos, for your insights. Uh, thank you for listening. And for more on Central America, you can access our research on FitchRatings.com. Hope you join us for our next edition of Fixed Interest. Thank you.